Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm Leah. How are you doing, Leah? You know... It's been a long couple weeks of the start of term, but I did just grade my first ever essay today. Feel oh, pretty nice. adult-like. Ooh, we're so adult-like. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to take the condescending mean route on that, and I apologize. Yeah, well, you should. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> We're in a mood today, guys. Yeah. Oh gosh. Like right before we start, we hit record. We were just in such a place. But, anyways, I kind of wanted to just go down. So we've been talking about tropes quite a bit, and like yeah. starting with the horror tropes. And last week we talked about like well, different female tropes, the tropes of the um, manic pixie dream girl and the Genki girl. And we we're kind of going to continue down that same line. But I think. Most of the tropes we talked about in the past, like, they're ones that, like, you notice from the start. So there is, like, time to kind of, like, step out before you get too deep in the story if that's what you want to do. But I think what we're talking today, at least from my experience, a lot of the times it happens, like, in the middle or in the end of a story. And that's, like, one of those things where, like, you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it, oh, this is good, or this is fine. And then, like, it happens, and you're just like, wait, what the hell? Yep. (laughs) And it's just, like, and, like, one of the experiences I'm going to talk about a little bit later in the episode, it was one of those things where it's, like, if I knew this was going to happen, I would have never played this game. Exactly. That's, That's generally. And as well, like, it's one of those tropes where... We've been avoiding talking about it, but we needed to. We knew from the get-go of setting up the show we needed to talk about this trope. There, there's like a handful of topics that are on our list that it's like, I kind of keep like waiting. It's like, well, it's like, I don't want to like bring it up if Leah's not going to bring it up. So I was like, I'll, I'll leave it till later. And then it was like, fine, we got we to do this one. Yeah. So this week we are talking about fridging. And um, so a lot of people don't necessarily know what fridging means right off the bat so leah can you give us an example well sorry the definition not an example the definition i'm giving the definition oh okay uh i mean yes it's my job to do definitions but i want to switch it up fine 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 it's a sexist trope in media which a female character is killed maimed or otherwise depowered creating a plot device to move forward the story through giving the male character a chance to avenge her and i think it also, I think fridging can also, I don't know if it necessarily fits in the um, definition, but also can be with, like, kidnapping or, like, putting a woman in extreme danger. Yeah, it's it's the, yeah, it's the it's the maiming. I think that falls under maiming, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, de- uh, I don't know. Yeah. And depowering, for anybody who wants to know, is, like, is usually happens to superheroes. Um, yeah, it doesn't just, you don't powers. get depowered if you're a normal person. Well, just in case anybody didn't know that, that's that's what it refers to as superheroes losing their powers. Yeah. So usually this is like the female character who matters most to the male character, such as like the love interest, a best friend, a sidekick, like maybe even a sibling. Childhood friend. Yeah. Childhood best friend. Somewhere where like, especially in things that I've watched where it's like they kind of 
force in that's like, oh yeah, this female, like the male character, they are tight no matter what. And by the way, nothing's going to happen to her. Don't worry about no, it. No, they're always going to be there for them. Yeah, like, wink it's, it's, they always. All, and they'll say that. And they'll say that too. I'm always going to be there for you. No, you're not. It's a lie. I'm always right here. So it's like, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. We believe that. Sure. And that's how, and we're laughing because that's how often that happens. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because like now, like, especially like, you're going to be listening to these episodes like, listen, it's like, oh yeah, no, I've noticed this happen. And like, you can feel the build up to it. And it's so funny. It's like, well, that character's going to die in like three episodes. I think that, I think that Game of Thrones has gotten people a little better at telling when people are going to die and like The Walking Dead. So I don't think people are going in too unawares, but you'll see this in just like every single thing. And, like, it's often used to kick off, like, the climax of the story where it just, like, gets people going. And, uh, it, yeah. And, well, we talked a lot about agency last week, and we kind of gave the definition of agency because we're going to be talking a lot about it a lot with especially tropes like this. But this trope is specifically used to increase the agency of the male character or in cases where the main character is moral can be used in an attempt to get the male character to kill the villain or maybe even change that male like superhero to a villain so it's like one of those things where it's specifically using a female character in order to deepen the story of the male character kind of like she's not an actual person yeah she's just a log you toss on the fire yeah it's it's a way of using women as set pieces and we kind of talked about the using humans as set pieces back in the horror episode where it's like oh killing the black guy first and stuff like that where it's it's like we are doing that in order to show that the white characters have some sort of story where and it's not treating them as human or as characters it's treating the male white sorry the male characters as human and characters rather than uh, yeah yes I'm yeah, just, yeah sorry i, 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 I fell I, off the track sorry because yeah, it's not a always a white comparison. thing that's why <laughs> yeah a good comparison as well is also um like you think of the quality of the disposable hench- henchmen so like these henchmen that get thrown in waves at your protagonist and but at the same time you're throwing a character who you've built up is to be significant to that person and just throwing them in away the same way you would this disposable henchman that doesn't have a face and it's just there yeah it's like yeah you have like the action bad guys wearing all black who just get off left and right but rather now this action bad guy has a name and a face that like you actually really care about it it's like oh by the way we're gonna kill this so that someone cares this is one of those terms that like we actually have a real definition for like we know when it came from and uh well, real definition. And we have we know where it came from, and it it's coined um, out of a website created in 1999 by Gail Simmons with a list she made with her and her friends and colleagues, detailing instances in comics where women be uh, are maimed, killed, or depowered as a plot device to move the story along uh, of the male character. And specifically, it, the term fridging comes from the incident in. Green Lantern 54, where Green Lantern comes home to find to his apartment to find his girlfriend, Alexandra DeWitt, uh, killed by the villain and stuffed in a refrigerator. Yes, that is true. She was stuffed in a refrigerator. 
And that website still exists, and you can go find it. We'll post a link. Yeah, um, I really just think the villain didn't know where to put it. It's like, oh, do, does it, does she go next to the ketchups? Like, should it it's like mayonnaise or mm. can't really well, just leave the body in the middle of the floor? So it's like, yes, we gotta put it in the fridge. It's like, but then you have to take all that stuff out the fridge in order to fit the body, and yeah. it just becomes complicated. So it's like, why use the fridge? Why not just leave her there? And that's more dramatic. Like when you come home and there's just a dead body for rather it's like, oh, I'm gonna make does a sandwich. Go and like make a sandwich. Did they he go and I I haven't read the episode, but I'm like, I, did I, I he think go to we make should a read sandwich? It. It's like ah I'm really hungry after saving the world. It's like, Holy shit! It's like yeah, that's I'm... not where the mayonnaise goes. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. I said mayonnaise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said mayonnaise. Okay. Uh, yeah. but it's just, I I just think like I again we haven't read the issue because not quite frankly, I don't like Green Lantern, but Fridging exists in more ways than just Green Lantern, but like I do really want to know. That list is extensive. Hmm. That list is. Extensive. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I really just want to know like how that scene went down. Like you, like the the girlfriend in the fridge is just see. On a writer standpoint, it just seems like a real, a little bit extreme way to treat a female character. But again, mm-hmm. that's why we're talking about this. Hmm. So, why does this trope? Make us violent. <laughs> oh, it only makes me violent? Why does this trope make us mad? <laughs> uh, so, like, similar to last week's episode. Episode! Like similar I said, we're in a week's... mood. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Episode. Similar to last week's episode, we are again finding ourselves with like a severe lack of agency given to characters who are not the male protagonists, particularly the white male protagonists. And this is with a pattern that's focused primarily on women. And let's not forget now, because it's a more increase, same sex partners also get the same treatment. So woo! It just, it, it's it was one of those things where it was kind of jarring when I started noticing the same sex partner side of it, where it's like, oh, if you are are a um, gay character in a story, your partner is going to get killed. And like, it, well, that's already hands like down. a thing. <laughs> that's already a thing because they tend to, if they're depicting any sort of gay love story, LGBT love plus love story, it's primarily been depicted as tragic. Yeah, because yeah, a lot only... of them have undue complications, and yeah, it's it's just kind of frustrating. Just just the amount of times that I can think of where it was like the gay partner like holding the dead body of the, their partner and just like crying and sobbing, or they were like, like or they were like going sadly. to come out, like yeah. they were gonna come out, or they were going to like he was gonna propose to the partner, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that <laughs> this also happens in like all over fridging where it's just like we were gonna get together after like this part of the story and then the partner dies and like they're super sad about it. and it's just yeah. like it's like man it's like you just can't be happy in media it's like we were gonna get married until my um boyfriend got his fucking head cut off yep yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> calmly calmly uh, you got beans so- so the trope specifically presents women as disposable set pieces, like we mentioned, that are used to widen or deepen a male character's plot or give the male character a moral dilemma as, should I resort to stopping the villain? Okay, 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 okay. I'm going yes. fast to this. Yes. I'm just, 
the thing is, I, I think one one example that like I didn't write down or talk about, but it reminds me of Batman: The Dark Knight, and it, like it goes both ways for both um, Batman and Harvey Dent, where like the whole thing was Rachel gets kidnapped and she ends up dying, and like her death drives the plot in like sending Harvey Dent down this like insanity plot line, but also this like moral dilemma of like okay, the Joker's done this and killed the woman that I love. Should I kill him? No, I need to hold my coat. And like that whole thing, the second movie starts because I've watched, well, read a lot of Batman. I know that she's going to die. And I know yeah. that's going to be dri driving the plot. And it's one of those things where it's just like, we shouldn't be trying to deepen this character specifically to kill her because that only gives her the agency of dying in order to increase the male character story yeah and i'm like we already know that batman is enough of a whiny child who's lost his parents that we all make fun of in memes like you didn't it was not necessary for this to happen like his life is already hard enough for this to happen like is that like when you think of how tragic batman is do you think about rachel no yeah he, he he was like six when his parents died he watched his parents die in front of him i think you can leave him alone right now <laughs> yeah but like in just going along the lines of batman it does it a couple of times because i know the big comic that everybody talks to as like one of the greatest batman comics ever is the killing Barbara. joke yeah. yeah and the main thing that happens in the killing joke is barbara gordon is shot in the spine and um, paralyzed in order to i guess drive her dad insane or turn him into a villain something because the joker believes that one bad day can send someone to become a villain and like so he shoots his daughter and using that character yeah. especially the way it's set up in like the movie that came out recently is they kind of show her storyline plot and then you know because you know the killing joke that all it's going to amount to is her getting shot and being paralyzed. Yeah. So is is wait uh, what what movie recently? The they they made a Killing Joke cartoon like they made the um cartoon movie oh. the Killing Joke. Oh okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you see the live action Killing Joke, Leo? Come on. <laughs> just like what the fuck? Okay. Yeah, it's like, come on, everybody knows about it. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> so like, and then we're not saying that like. We don't want characters to die in movies or like we're always upset when because death happens in movies. It's yes. going to happen. Yes. And, you know, of course, death is a motivator. But and death can. Ha yeah. And death can have meaning like that is it, it can have meaning. It can have its place in a storyline. Yeah. And I mean, and it does. There are places where it's like not on my radar of fridging. There are a lot of places that talk about death and to have a like a character death that i don't necessarily think is fridging but yeah the brutalizing or murder of a woman should not be the main form of plot development it yeah like we should not create female characters as a set piece just like when we talked about the horror stuff the black guy shouldn't die to show us how strong the monster is or yeah like we shouldn't have a character be so like only character trait be scared to show how brave the white hero is like that yeah. we should stop using minorities as a set piece for it's also just like per 
sorry perpetuating this idea of um female violence against women because it's not well it's saying it's like bad because it's a villain it's showing it over and over and over again where it's like this is an accepted part of society you know what's gonna happen it even happens to these heroes like you just think about that fact is that you're seeing it in a way where it's not you're seeing that the act is bad but the act continues to happen which to me is 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 not okay like shouldn't we be perpetuating a world where superheroes particularly i i think in this case we can discuss depowering of superhero women that they're powerful enough to stand on their own that they don't have this brutal often like excessive violence committed against them like why is this pattern this for women like why is it women and that's it's clearly rooted in this sexist idea i really thought you were going to say why can't we have a world where all characters die equally (laughs) it's like why can't everybody like why can't we just brutalize everybody Christ, it's but kind I of get, the world we're going to, but yeah, I mean, it's, well, because you shouldn't have to perpetuate what the current standards are. Well, that's the thing because, like, it desensitizes. So, like, you see the woman character getting killed over and over, you're desensitized to that, where it no longer affects it. So, the more media goes, you have to get more extreme with the way we have these character deaths, exactly. and then, like, but we're, we're used to it, we're used to seeing a woman character get killed or. Um, sexually harassed or whatever on screen and that's no longer jarring for us i'm like like kind of off topic but i was watching a movie with my parents this weekend um and i was sitting there it's like man when i was growing up this movie would have never been showed on tv ever but here we are watching this dude drill into the back of someone's head to kill him and we're all fine with god oh my god yeah equalizer was brutal (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, it's a, the the sense of, like we keep pushing, like shows are in general getting more and more violent, but we're seeing a lot more violence against women on screen, and now it's like more commonplace to see fridging, commonplace to see women get killed, and the char- other characters react in this way, moral dilemma way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very true. Okay, <laughs> it's like I didn't. It's like. Did I say anything right? But, um, yeah. No, yes. Yeah. No, it's very true. Um, and I think it's difficult for, for us to talk about fridging. Um, and it's why it's like, it, even though we said that it, we've been thinking about this since the beginning, it's, it's taken us so long to even discuss it. Um, since, even though it's been since the beginning, like the formation, um, it, it's because it's such a pervasive problem and that it happens so frequently it, it comes back to those issues that I was having in the rep- lack of representation episode where I was having trouble coming up with specific examples of female lack of representation because it's just there. And mm-hmm. this is so like pervasive and such a common thing to happen in storylines that it's just there, which makes it almost like harder to talk about because as Jordan said, like it becomes destigmatized. It's something we just see. Well, and well, Jordan gets hot and angry about it. I'm just I often end up in a place where I'm like this. I have to I have to cut off a little bit. 
I love that you say it because yeah. like I'm always angry about something. But I think like even beyond fridging, because I kind of mentioned top of the episode that I think it extends to the whole female character getting kidnapped so that the male character can save him and be the hero and like that kind of white knighting white knight character that we see a lot also has to do with fridging like it's not brutalizing and killing female all the time but it is setting it up so that it's the damsel in distress thing it's setting it up that the woman is a set piece and the male character is the hero who has to deal with whether she's kidnapped or whether she's murdered whatever it may be the female's a set piece the male is the hero i think there are a lot of movies in a lot of movie series that are based off of woman gets kidnapped go save her like i could think of like pretty much every single mission impossible kind of has this whole trope oh um, mm-hmm. just 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 a lot of it and like i'm not gonna sit here and go through every movie because I, i'll be here all night but we can move on to some examples yeah that's i think as i've said it's 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 kind of hard for me because i tend to force them out of my mind so that they don't hurt as much which is the opposite of jordan who tends to well i i I dwell i get angry um like some of these examples so like on the list i said like examples that affect us and a lot of these were like after the period of time where like i was fed this so many times where i got used to it and this started to notice like wait a second no this makes me mad and so i'll type like i said top of the episode like there was one time where it's like if i knew that this happened specifically i would have never played the game Mm-hmm. and so yeah. and i think we can give like as a classic example that probably affected a lot of people who haven't like who probably don't realize what this was which is the original final fantasy 7 <laughs> i now i love how we now have to say the original final fantasy 7 because they changed the remake that just didn't go straight which i didn't know <laughs> i know I, I just i'm laughing because like we now have to specifically differentiate and say original final fantasy 7 because Right now, we don't know if it's going to happen the same way again. The big example, and a lot of nerds will remember this one, and it is an example of fridging, was um, Final Fantasy VII, Aerith being killed by Sephiroth. You know, he flies down from the sky and stabs her through the, I guess, technically the stomach, with a sword, and then she falls over and dies. And this is like, kind of what we were talking about is you build up this character pretty much the whole game well she's like pretty very important to the main character she's also the manic pixie dream girl who is like instilling life into cloud and then you just see her straight up get killed by sephiroth and it not only does it kick off a big part of the plot and like change a lot of things that happen since cloud through remember like recovering his past memories and all this and kind of gives the agency of yeah we need to stop Sephiroth not only because he like we were already trying to stop him so not only because he was you know about to destroy the planet but now it's personal no it's 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 true it's true because there's been so many like youtubers who I watch who play let's plays and stuff like that and they talk about how this was like a defining moment for them growing up is seeing her die and I'm like why why is that a defining moment? That shouldn't. What? I remember no. listening um, to like um, Holden from Wizbrew and a couple podcasts I listened to. He's like, yeah, it's like it was defining because this whole time they pretty much have you fall in love with this girl and then 
right in front of your eyes, they take it away. Also, on a gaming standpoint, you put stats and all the stuff into this character, and then you literally never get to use her again in the game. Mm-hmm. And it's never televised that this is going to happen. It's just you watch your friend and, like, possible love interest just get killed in front of you. And it kicks off, like, not, and Sephiroth was already destroying the planet, and they were already trying to stop all this stuff from happening, but now, like Leah said, now it's personal. Yeah, which is like, that's the tagline of fridging. Fridging, now it's personal, because it wasn't before, apparently. Uh, yeah, as if it wasn't before, this, like, evil guy who's going around, like, you've been, have, like, a few run-ins to with before that point, and was like, oh, we need to probably show, pay attention to this guy. It's like, oh, that's not a big deal. The guy who's, like, trying to summon a meteor to destroy the world... But now that he's killed Aerith, like it is, and also he could have just he could have just taken Holy and not killed her and like still succeeded. But whatever, it's fine. Getting into plot, some matters. Anyways, so Leah, yeah, what are some of your examples? Because I can talk about Final Fantasy all day. Okay, so for me, like the goal here was to talk about examples that actually affected us, and so mine's not actually very nerdy. Because it's hard for it was really hard for me to come up with actual examples, um, but it's one that I watched a lot, a lot, and it happens a uh, constantly in it, which is the show Criminal Minds, which people might remember from back in the day. I watched it religiously in high school, and um, basically, yeah, I love the show a lot. But they just fridge so many characters just to make the members at that team just incredibly unhappy and sad and it's like one of those shows very much like many other shows where it's just they do it just to make these people unhappy and it makes no sense like they set up one episode with a comic book writer specifically probably to reference fridging who has his wife brutalized in front of him and then he becomes a murderer huh and then the team lead Hotch, his wife, is just, like, straight up killed by a serial killer. So what you're saying and... is don't be a wife on this show. Don't marry oh, these yeah. guys. You see him? Run the or other anything. way. yeah. <laughs> Rossi's ex-wife shows up just to commit suicide the next episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I made the joke of don't be a wife in this show, but literally, like, I'm looking at the list. No, like, literally. Don't be a wife. Just, like, don't, don't get married. Don't be a romantic Don't partner. get married. Don't date. Reed. Just have flings. <laughs> so Reed, the, the like, genius nerd who has trouble dealing with people, like, only has one real romantic relationship. And, and she they... dies. Oh, sorry. I'm not Give reading the list. Sorry. the plot... <laughs> giving away the plot and so they are like online it's online for a really long time and then they're set to meet in person in the end when they finally meet reed watches her being killed in front of him it's such a fucking waste because like she had been in that series for like almost a full season at this point she was set to be like a super interesting character. She was incredibly interesting. She would have given Reed this like necessary development he needed because his like just whole deal was getting kind of like it was getting a little stale and she was providing some much needed life into his character. And then she was just thrown away as fodder to keep Reed's angst, which had already gotten old because they'd already had a thing with him and another murderer with he got involved in drugs. And it was just like, yeah, like he didn't need any more angst. I'm like, just let the guy be happy. Jesus Christ. 
And then, that's not the only one. The last one that I had on this list was when the section chief, uh, I can't remember her name, and Rossi were about to get together, it was implied, uh, there was a guy who came and killed her. (laughs) And this isn't like, my example isn't specifically that nerdy, but this is like super common to procedural shows. It happens just to make these characters' lives as worse as possible. There was an article I read a long time ago on Entertainment Weekly where it's like the people on TV who have the worst lives and they're all like these characters. Well, on the list you have NCIS and I remember specifically, I think it's the season two finale when they kill Kate. And it's like the episode before is like you kind of have this hint at a relationship between Denozo and Kate and then the episode after she gets shot in the head. Yep. And that's, like, the whole big, that sets off all the big stuff for, like, the next season everything is killing her off. Just, like, she gets shot in the head. It's like, well, awesome. Yep. Which even, sorry, sorry, the- sorry to interrupt again. Even funnier is she gets shot first, but you re- it reveals she has a bulletproof vest on. Then she stands up like, oh, everything's fine, and then gets shot in the head. <laughs> And I think this is the like, double the up on that is so funny. Oh, God. It's so and these are all. <laughs> It's so common. It's like it's in Daredevil, it's in Dexter, it's in Doctor Who, NCIS, Arrow, Buffy. Oh, I just thought of another one before this and now I can't remember what it was. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. That's ranked number one on that Entertainment Weekly list of who has the worst lives. The members of Grey's Anatomy have literally the worst lives on the planet. Well, if I remember Daredevil, all of his relationships end super bad in the comics. And I know like one, she gets addicted to drugs and becomes like a sex worker and all this stuff like bad stuff happens specifically to keep the two of them apart. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, man, it's like, it's just like. You can just F up a woman as much as you want in media as long as it's good plot and it's creating a lot of stuff for the main character to be brooding about. Yep, they gotta they gotta be damaged. They gotta have a lot of baggage. <laughs> Otherwise, how can the next girl fall in love with him? Hmm? Hmm? If he doesn't have baggage, how is she supposed to fall in love with him? Hmm? He can't be well-adjusted. No girl's like well-adjusted men. Well, I mean, I'm like really happy. I'm, I'm really happy about that because I wouldn't be in a relationship if I was. That just made me. I just laughed at my. I know, but um, really but um, I was about to say something. Arrow has. I remember Arrow has it a bunch, especially. But it, yeah. okay, all CW shows have it a bunch, where it's just like oh, we yeah. need these characters to be as damaged as possible. Um, this love interest, kill him. <laughs> Just let them walk and see their dead body because it's like also CW. I will say for them, they've done it to guys too. Like they killed the guy for the female, but it's still not the greatest way to treat a character. Well, and it's also often in the guy situation. It's only when they leave the show. True. It's like when an actor leaves a show, it's the only time they do this to the women. I'm like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, oh, and also later yeah, in CIS, that's not okay. they fridge Ziva. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. I remember that. Yeah. And so they yeah, fridge the director, too. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, this happens so often just to make their lives horrible. But anyways, enough on my non-nerdy example. Well, they're kind of nerdy, <laughs> But uh, tell us about yours, Jordan. Really quick. I think it just goes to the kind of darkening of media where it's like in order for things to be dark, we have to have like some sort of tragic death or like 
there was I forget what it was. I'm sorry, I'm not remembering. But like they showed a character being like a female character being tortured, like a lot, and it was like to the point where I was extremely uncomfortable. But it's just like, oh well, this is going to like you know this is going to upset the male character and like lead to like that female character being saved and the male character having like this huge moment of stopping the torturous villain. Also happens. Yeah, you know that actually. Yeah, that was just thinking of that is that it's like. When you see torture most frequently, the times you've seen people actually, like, up on a rack being tortured, like, there are some occasions where it's men, but usually it's like they just get hit once or, like, it's implied that they were being hurt beforehand. But the few times where it's, like, you're actively seeing torture, most of the ones I can think of are women. Like, it happens in a couple games I've played where it's just, like, the, you hear it, like, the, the, screams, and the yeah. hearing it is... It's usually women who are being yeah. affected by this. Yeah. Um, one thing I actually just thought about when I mentioned Game of Thrones, um, last season, Miss Sandy and Grey Worm, that whole fr- that, oh God, that that was, was fridging. Because just... there was first of all, how did they capture it? Second of all, this no, that whole thing didn't make sense. That was all all messed up. Like if you don't know about that, you need to because they took a woman, they took one of the few like powerful black women in that show like the only one who had speaking role who was a freed fucking slave and then put her back in chains and just to kill her just to kill her and in order to progress the plot for well to start kickstart the crazy plot for well not kickstart but continue the crazy plot for danny and kickstart with um gray worm of why he will not um give up on you know destroy all the Lannisters. I am just, it's just, ugh. But, but, ugh. but it the whole no thing sense. is, again, like, what I'm about to talk with my example, again, they were already on their way to do what they wanted to do and stop Cersei. So why did she yeah. have to kill, like, the plot was already kicked off. They were already there to stop Cersei. So killing um, Sandy made no sense. It was just to be shock and awe and didn't really do anything. It was just brutalizing a woman to really go nowhere. It was doubly atrocious considering the fact that it's like you freed her and then you put her back in chains. Like, what the fuck? What well, the fuck? Well, with that, you could have even just killed that character without the chain stuff. And I think they just they just didn't do a good job with any of that season. Yeah. But we don't have to... Yep. Complain. Okay, I got I got got to because I'm about to start yelling. Gotta move on. About to start yelling. So the game that I would have quit if I knew this all was gonna happen was uh Kingdom Hearts three. And I know this is like, oh yes, Jordan always talks about like anime and Kingdom Hearts. Yes, 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 fine. Kingdom Hearts three, but this one is I think this is especially heinous for me. So Kingdom Hearts has a ton of issues, like it's over convoluted plot like there's disney characters fighting alongside of final fantasy characters and it's like that's weird but then in kingdom hearts 3 they took out all of the final fantasy characters and just had the kingdom hearts original characters and disney characters and so that was weird and bad but you know i powered through it it was fine it's like this is a game like one and two were early 2000s and then kingdom hearts 3 didn't come out until 2019 so it was yeah. just like a nostalgia they have to have improved yeah, right right it was, but 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 it was it was a nostalgia thing for me. I played it, it's like I, like this brings me back to my childhood. I started playing it's like there was a lot of things I didn't like, but a lot of things that just brought me back, and I was in it, 
and I was happy. It's like the gameplay was really smooth. It's like this is cool. And then there's issues with like the worlds and stuff. It's like I can get over that. I it's Square Enix, they don't always do a good job. But towards the end of the game was absolutely the most frustrating thing. You already have the moment, like, you get into the world and all this stuff, chaotic stuff happens where, like, everybody pretty much dies. And then you have, like, your sick... Sorry. Oh, by the way, spoiling the heck out of Kingdom Hearts 3. Whoops. <laughs> I'll put a spoiler warning at the video episode. I am sorry. But yeah, you have the moment where everybody dies, like, there's the, you get swallowed by the shadows, but then you come back for your second chance. But the whole thing is, this whole freaking time you are trying to stop the villain master zan or you are trying the whole game is getting all of your like powers back and stuff so that you can fight him and stop him from doing whatever he wants with the world you get to this world everybody dies you have your moment you are gung-ho about stopping them you're fighting through all the villains and you're going up and you're you're already to me, so motivated to stop him and, you know, save the world after two other games of this and waiting, what, 15 years for this game to come back. So you're motivated as heck. So you get up to the last part and right, you have this big fight and then right before you go off to the very last fight, he suddenly teleports your main love interest right in front of him and then cuts her down in front of you in order to motivate you to continue to fight. What? So I think it's heinous because this whole time you are ready to go and stop him and he teleports her and cuts her down and it's like, yeah, that will give you motivation. I think he even says something along the lines of, ah, oh, now you're motivated to stop me. But it's like, why wasn't I already motivated with you? You're the main villain who wants Jesus to Christ. destroy the world. And that's, I think, the most heinous part of the friction because like there was no other explanation than that other than to brutalize a woman to increase supply but it wasn't even needed and yeah. that's why i was so angry and i was i was done and i just played the last level just because, like if i knew they were going to do it in that way i would not have stopped it like you go through the last two hours of boss fights and all of this epic dramatic stuff happens and like you see that in order to save your friends you need to stop this guy and you've done this for like the other spinoff kingdom hearts game one and two so why wouldn't you try to stop and it's like no we needed to motivate you further so let's kill the female character who by the way got her own keyblade and own powers to fight in this game had her own agency and then we take it all away from her Jesus. Yeah, and I, I have been mad about that for a literal year and a half. Understandable. Because it, it, it's the nostalgia thing. You go in, it's like, I remember loving this series as a child. I am I was, what, 28, 27 when I was, was playing this? It's like, okay, you know, a little too old for it. We're not going to get into that. But I'm playing this game. It's bringing me back. And then they just give me the finger. And I'm sitting there, it's like, okay. Two more examples and just kind of like what kind of so before this happened and I like it was something that got so normalized. It's like you see the female character get kidnapped and you have to go save her or the female character is like is in such danger going to die. And you have to stop it and have to save it. And you have to fight for her life. And that happens so much. And you being me, I grew up with that. I grew up with that always happening. 
that that was just a normal part of media for me. But there was like two times that I can think of that it happened and I kind of stopped and looked at it like there, there's 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 something wrong here. The first one was more of a there's something wrong here. And the second one was um happened and I've been screaming about it every time I remember this anime ever existed. Like specifically realizing that this was a thing um, in the manga for Veroni Kenshin, um, it's anime again that I loved as a child. And I think I was around like what? 15 16 when i was reading this and like kind of had to stop like wait something's wrong here so the um tenchu arc was like the last big arc in the manga and the main villain inishi um fakes karu um her death who's she's the main love interest through the whole thing we have all this this stuff just built up the whole time he fakes her death in order to specifically put the main character through a quote-unquote living hell and then, like, even further, it's revealed that, like, that whole thing was fake and that she's actually alive. But it's this thing where it's, like, specifically in order to have plot and to do something to the main character, we kill off this character who's been so important to the plot so far just like that. Is she the person who's tra- teleported back in time? Are, teleported back in... What are you talking about? Are you talking about Inuyasha? All right. Maybe. You're talking about Inuyasha. I forget. I know those two stuff. Ignore I, me. It, I'm glad that I know anime enough to instantly be like, wait, nope, you're Inuyasha. No, 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 no. That's Kagome. I have read Rurouni Yeah, I know, because I remember you stopped reading it. And then when I talked about how much I loved it, you're just like, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> I just don't. I don't remember why. Well, you you, you said you stopped reading it because everything was so depressing. And I will tell you, you're not wrong. Oh right, yes. <laughs> like, you're yes. you're not wrong, <laughs> and um, but it, that was like that was the first time where I, I kind of stopped. It's like, what? And then like, you, I think even further, where it's like revealed that she's okay. Where it's like you can't have your cake and eat it too, man. And it's like mm-hmm. you, it's like I was like partly like you made this bed, lie in it. You made a mistake. You can't just say she's still alive. Like, oh no, we literally just tried to like make this whole thing and put him through a hell, so he has to climb out of it himself. But just to reveal that she's alive, so there was no point for the living hell in the first place. Yeah, that makes <sighs> no. But okay, and sorry, I'm so no. long winded on these examples. Last one again, anime. Like I said, there's so many other ones, but these are the ones that stood out as especially heinous and especially where I was mad. And also, if you're audience you're listening there's one that you have that made you mad or you want to talk about please email us i will put the email into the description but also it is sidecharacterspod at gmail.com if you like have one that you remember that was especially heinous to you and want to send it we'll we might even we'll talk about it on the show how about that we'll talk about it because yeah. i definitely want to see more because yeah. There's there's a lot more. But so the, the last yeah. one, it's not even in our notes because I couldn't even write it. I was so mad. It comes from the anime Gundam Seed Destiny, which was an abomination to begin with because it was the sequel series to Gun a uh, Gundam series, which is like, why are you having a sequel series to Gundam? Don't do that. But um there was specifically this character, um well, male character, he's the hero, he's piloting the Gundam for um Technically, the bad guys, the um, Space Colony Federation, both like, so, you know, 
and they're fighting against the earth colonies and blah 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 what it comes down to is there's like this kind of rivalry between him and the hero from the last series and so this main hero forget his name because i really don't care it's like ashton or something i don't care um this main hero randomly meets this um girl who is unbeknownst to him a mobile suit pilot of like the like this who's been experimented on this whole time and she's like traumatized or all this but like barely speaks and whatever but like he like falls in love with her and like it's like one of those things where like suddenly these two characters are in love and happy and great like stuff and then he finds out she's a mobile suit pilot but wants to quote-unquote protect her because you know that's what every hero needs to do is protect the um only female character um but made worse by i'm sitting here this whole time like this is not not gonna end well there's this episode where they put her in this gigantic experimental mech and it's destroying everybody and in order to stop it from killing everybody um the hero from the last series comes in and destroys it in front of him and he freaks out and that pushes his whole plot into absolutely hating the main character from the first series and like being dark and brooding and wanting to like kill everybody type thing but also to make it worse the impact of her death like to him as a character being sad about it lasts about two or three episodes and then goes away where it's like yes this makes me hate the main character but she's never mentioned again afterwards what the fuck she might be okay i will say she might be mentioned again it's been 10 years since i've watched the series so i don't remember specifics but i know that she is not like a main point and like i think he kisses his um female copilot or whatever like two episodes later after all that happens and so so it's like really this character this female character was made in order to die and I'm sitting there, and that that made me so mad. It's like, you could have cut all that plot that happens out, and the show would have been the same exact thing. Ah. And it's just, it's just so frustrating, where it's just like, clearly, a character is there to be a set piece. But yeah, those are my examples. Please send us your examples if you have them, or, I mean, if you're one of my friends listening to this, just text me. <laughs> also, I, I remembered about Roroni Kenshin. He's the one who killed a bunch of people. So <laughs> I'm not I don't I'm not even gonna do a space for this one. Leah, 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 Leah. You just described 99% of anime characters. He's the one who killed a bunch of people. Before it yes. started. Y- y- yes, you didn't even but you didn't yes. say that though. And I understand what you mean, but you didn't say that. You're just like, he's the one who killed a bunch of people. It's like Yeah. <laughs> An anime character with one with one personality trait and a penchant for violence. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> watch. I, I watch. I watch. Sorry, this is me now quoting Unraveled. It's an issue. That, that was the Fire Emblem episode, right? That was the Fire Emblem episode where he boils down every single character in Fire Emblem to an anime character with one personality trait and a bench. I can't even say it. Yeah, but yeah, Rodi Kenshin was the one where like he was formerly like pretty much an assassin in the previous war, and because of all the stuff he went through, he's um, no longer wants to kill, and he's atoning. atoning the whole time. And it's pretty much his relationship with the characters in it as they kind of help him go through this journey of atoning while so many people want to bring him back to violence. And the love interest, Karu, was like, you know, from like the first episode they meet in the whole time, it's like, oh, these two are going to fall in love. Oh. And then they just like, 
just toss her aside. She, she runs, runs a, a dojo. Yes. She runs a dojo. And her okay, sword yes. style is for defense and not killing. And that's like the whole crux of it. It's like, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yep. Oh, Anime's not okay. good. Cool. Yeah. Um, I want to get a shirt with that. Anime's not good. To see how many times I get punched by a nerd. I feel like I'm disproving my nerdiness this episode. I'm like, I didn't talk about anything nerdy. But let's finish off the episode. I want to make Jordan talk right now because he has a giant water bottle that you, he's drinking you, you out You only of. do that because you can see me. I can't usually see you, so I don't get the chance to forcibly like make you talk in the middle of taking a drink. You're the one who was going to go over the ending anyways. That was unnecessary. I know. That's why I was. I know that was unnecessary. Go on, Leah. Please, Leah, go, go on. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's end the episode. There there are many other ways to motivate characters other than tragedy and trauma that don't have to be related to death. Like, you can still have complex characters without their par- partner being stuffed in an appliance that's sold at Macy's. Like, it's just... <laughs> there are so many other options. I mean... <laughs> um... Uh, and I personally I'm just thinking of the absolute like worst Macy's commercial where it's like (laughs) these refrigerators are so good you can even fit a human body in them it's like open up it's like oh god the Macy's commercial for Dexter (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay so my example I have an example of um character like stories that like motivate characters in other different ways and my first one is my favorite book which is Howl's Moving Castle um Sophie and Howl the they're both like complex characters who are not perfect have interesting conversations and unique characteristics like they're not perfect people they they motivate each other they don't have like tragic backstories to get them through and just like yeah they're just surviving doing their thing but they're still like super goddamn interesting characters like they're so good that's the best part about that book is that the characters are so well visualized and created that they're oh yeah such a good book second example for me is my usual Discworld Terry Pratchett he does not use like character death as a motivator like there's so many other things just like people being motivated like the watch is just purely motivated by their willingness to do better for the city and just to figure shit out and like there's so many other things that motivate these people other than death and still leads to having just interesting complex characters you do not need that to like it's not necessary at all i i think at least on in my mind it's not necessarily to me that like death is not something that should be in a story or death is not something that can motivate or death sh- should not be something that um drives a plot it's like it can it's fine but i think the problem with the fridging in both forward and reverse fridging is the idea of just you're setting up this characters for the main and only purpose to die to motivate someone else. It's not that the death is, but it's how you treat it, the character, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think yeah. that like, there are plenty of stories. If like, if you don't think you can write it in a good way, there are plenty of other ways to motivate the characters that do not involve murdering a loved one, partner, psychic, etc. I think you can, uh-huh. 
have a story like one of my favorite comics of all time and the one i will pitch to a million people is saga and that whole story is pretty much kicked off by like the um two parents having the child and wanting to create a good environment and good world for their child to grow up in and like running away from their homes because both are warring countries that are like not healthy for the child and like doing whatever it takes for their child and that motivates them throughout they do some good and some terrible things in order to create the best life for their child and that has nothing to do with death and actually is quite the opposite is a story motivated by life and i think that one stands out to yeah. me and then the other one that i kind of just threw out because it's a manga that i've read recently and i've loved it so much is dora hidoro um the one on netflix and manga is great check it out but literally the whole plot is kicked off is um this guy had his head turned into a lizard head and he lost his memories so in order to um find out what happened to him he's hunting down um magic users and um more or less stuffing them into his mouth and seeing if the quote-unquote man inside his mouth knows if they're the one who turned him into a lizard. What? It's a weird one. What What okay. did the man inside my mouth say? You're not the one. <laughs> okay, well, guess I don't need you anymore. Slice, slice, slice. Yeah, I love Dora Hitoro yeah. so much because I guess for me, especially like, it was a story where the all the female characters had their own agency, whereas like, it wasn't always drawn as being like the sexy damsel in distress like we literally have nikaido beat the crap out of kaiman very easily handily because she's just a better fighter than he is and like also it's one of the things was like muscular women <laughs> in manga which is rarely seen and just like it's an interesting look at poverty but it it uh, eclipses that whole idea of oh we need to kill a character in order to make a good plot yeah and I think I think the reason I bring up Howl's Moving Castle is because for me, they show as characters that you can have characters with complex personalities who aren't perfect, who aren't anti-heroes, who like are flawed human beings who don't have their their stories rooted in violence and trauma. Like, yes, Sophie's dad dies at the beginning but it's like also not the sole motivator. Yeah, like, like sometimes your parents it, die. Like her trying to, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes your parents die. Sometimes, sometimes you get mistaken for your <laughs> sister. It's like just sometimes that happens, and it's just like I, I, I think that's for me. It's frustrating because people feel like they have to make these daredevil like characters who have like tragic and brooding blah 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 no you can have complex characters who have agency who don't have to go through these traumas and still have unique interesting interactions and conversations and do stupid shit and well, yeah and you you can also have dark and brooding characters without oh yeah my girlfriend died like sorry like yeah there are plenty of darker breeding characters as Dora Hidoro and and in Saka without the only thing being you lost a loved one. So yeah. It, yeah. I think I think it's possible where it's you don't have to have tragedy to be dark. You can do other things. Yeah. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, ending off, it's just like we're just trying to say, let's treat characters with respect, please. Yeah. We want, we like characters with agency. 
and it's two weeks in a row I've said this that this is a conclusion, what? but it's a conclusion that has. What to should be we said. do next week so we can just like keep this ball rolling? With we want characters with agency, where it's just like you're not the black character who dies in it, you're not the manic pixie dream girl who's only there to make a male happy, or the ginky girl who's only there to be excited all the time, or you're a fridged woman who just dies in main character. So what we need to keep the ball rolling because it's like we just want that's all we want is for characters to be independent yeah. agents. We don't want there to be a black character who's a spook. We don't want a man of Dream. We want them to be more than their tropes. And I think that's a lot of the reason why we're going yeah. to this trope. We want stories that are more than the tropes. Yep. 100%. Agreed. <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Good job, us. I love the times when it's like Leo like wants to think of something to say, but it's like really it's like I just agree with Jordan. So it's like I'll just say a bunch of stuff until Jordan cuts back in and starts talking again. <laughs> Agreed, a hundred percent. Just keep going until he he cuts me off. Please <laughs> say something. Anyways. Anyways, we appreciate all of you for listening, and let's talk about what we're because we consumed this week. Jordan, why don't you go first? Because we're probably gonna I have consumed death. Um, now pretty much (laughs) work has been so busy. So as far as like the actual things I've been into and like trying to like read, write, whatever has been stalled because work. I've been staying late and trying to get stuff done. But what I have been doing here and there. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been playing Among Us like everybody else in the world. And if you don't know what Among Us is, I'm surprised because it's kind of taking the world by storm. But you have um, a crew in space or, you know, a sci-fi crew. It's a social deception yeah, so- game. You want to fight? What? 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 I'm trying That's to giving explain. giving a title this. to the genre. Yeah, but a social deception game where you are a crew in space or whatever, and there's a crew of people, and then there's two imposters who are, well, a group of imposters who are aliens trying to kill you and sabotage the ship so that um, you don't keep shipping, I guess. I don't know. Social deception game. You you were, you were did it better than I did. <laughs> but... Yeah. Honestly, I think with Among Us and games like um, Phasmophobia, Jackbox, we're seeing kind of the advent of um, party games because COVID kind of wrecked everything. And there's not a chance to kind of go out and like to hang out or like play games in person. Like board games are kind of out the window unless you have tabletop simulator. But Jackbox, Among Us, and like the horror game Phasmophobia, which your um, ghost hunters trying to um document a haunting in a house on a team of people like though these games are big right now because we're desperate for human interaction (laughs) and i think it's the perfect time for this and i'm so happy that these are kind of like lifting off because like among us came out two years or so ago and didn't get popular until covid happened and i i think as well like we appreciate let's take a moment to say if you're using Among Us and Jackbox and all those games to connect with your people because you're staying home when you need to be staying home and you're wearing your mask when you go out, yes. thank you. Thank you for doing that. We are all tired, but thank you for doing yeah, that. And I'm gl- And also to the creators of those, you're never going to listen to this, but thank you for creating these things because this gives us the chance 
to stop from going insane because we get to still interact and joke around with friends like we would have, but through a fun game that allows us to do that safely. And also mm-hmm. I loved yeah. um, killing one of my friends in Among Us because like they had just started playing and like I was quote unquote helping them play. And so I just like, here, come, come to the electrical room really quick. And then I just murdered them and ran away. And then nice. their revenge nice. on me was killing me in front of everybody. Classy. <laughs> Anyways, Leah, what nice. do you got? Oh, God. Okay. All right. I don't want to talk you're, about you're this, but I'm about going to. Regardless. Oh, God. So, it's going to sound bad. I need everybody to know that. But it's really good. It's a really good series. I mean... <laughs> This is, your ship is sinking. I'm not going to help you. <laughs> it's a it's a Japanese drama called Cherry Magic. And the full title? I just want to say that this is I'm just leaving in the potent silence from me. Just potent silence. Here's the full title. I don't know if you cut out or you just didn't say it yet. I'm just laughing. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know if you went somewhere or if you haven't said it. Potent silence. Potent. Are you ready? Cherry magic, 30 years of virginity can make you a wizard? Isn't this a would you rather question? <laughs> Would you rather be a okay. virgin your whole life and get magic or, like, have as many partners as you want? Okay. Like, that sounds like a would you rather. Oh, God. This is such a bad title and description. It's going to be so bad. But I have to talk about this. So it's the show, basically, where this guy is realizes when he when people turn 30 and they're still a virgin, that they if they touch someone, they, they can read their thoughts. Awful sounding plot. Awful. I know. I know. I know it sounds bad. Jordan's just covering his face <laughs> just, in his hands. It sounds Just rubbing awful. my eyes but boy, am I tired. <laughs> oh, God. So, but the reason I'm talking about this show, even though you know that I wouldn't actually want to talk about a show that's named this, I would not want to. Keep going. I would not. Is the building's burning and you're still inside. Keep going. It's because there's a lot of things that it's done that have broken down actual tropes that are usually very common in LGBT or boys love things that in particularly East Asian ones that I think are important. So one of the things um, I really like about the show, one, if you've ever seen a J-drama, you know that they're incredibly overacted, just like over the top all the goddamn time, or they're depressing as fuck. There's one or the other. There's no in between. Ever. This one actually does a really good job of being funny and having like funny moments and like flashbacks and stuff like that while still being incredibly natural. And it has one of the probably the best depictions I've seen of like showing a person's going to be clumsy. It hasn't happened yet. But basically they've done enough things that aren't highlighting, you know, the over the top falling. It just happens in a scene where like the actor trips over his own feet. Like it's it doesn't feel like it's caught on camera where I can tell that they're setting up for a point where he's going to fall into the arms of the guy, the main character, the other guy. But it hasn't happened yet. But I'm like, oh, you're setting this up in a way 
that breaks the stupid ass trope that we all know about, which is when a girl fucking falls into the guy's arm for an absolutely no reason. So he happens can be in all sorts of her dramas. You know what I'm like, talking oh, about. That's the love at first sight thing. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. But this is actually set up. It's a clumsy person, but it's like not done in a way that it's like, oh, this is clearly emphasizing the fact he's clumsy. No, it's done in a really natural way. Anyways, the best part about this show, though, is the fact that there's multiple times in a lot of these things where they'll like be like, how do I describe this? There's a lot of situations where it'll be like somebody's going into another person's house, particularly a woman or a man, if it's in like, and they'll be like, what if the person attacks me? What if the person like, I'm going to stay at this person's house and the person's gay. What (laughs) if they attack me? It's an actual trope that happens all the fucking time, all the time. And this show is like, immediately the guy's like, has this, it's going through his head in the inner monologue. He's like, oh, what if like he attacked me? And then it immediately is like, no, he's not that type of person. That's an idiot thing to think. Like, why the fuck would I think that? And it does it several times in the series where it's like super respectful of the fact that like, that's not a real thing. Just (laughs) stop it. Like, stop putting forth this idea that someone who's LGBT is going to fucking attack you or, like, sexually harass you. Like, and it's just like, oh, it does it several times. And I'm like, thank you. Just thank you for not being like those shows and just being like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it it sounds like it's common sense, but it happens no. so often that that's why I think no, no, it's no, no, important. No. I, I mean, I agree with you because that is, like, a common trope. And that is also... Like, a, because of the trope, it's a mindset that happens in, at least America, it happens a lot. But yeah, it's just, oh. it, it's, it's a mindset. And like, to have, to break the trope is a very good thing because it helps us realize that people realize this isn't the only thing out there. And, and I like that. So just, and it's just a, quality of this person realizing that they needed to be respectful to this person who they knew already and the only thing that had changed was that they knew the person other person's sexuality and it's like like just goddamn be respectful to other people and it's sad that it just like this is the first time i've seen that happening and i'm like this is me pointing it out that it's subverting a lot of tropes this show hasn't finished yet so it could end up being awful but so far it makes me very happy and is not overacted and it's it's pretty great it's pretty fun no matter how horrible it sounds when you try and describe it to your friends. I think you said that last word specifically for me. <laughs> no matter how, when, you, when you try to describe it, it to your you know. friends, like, oh, you mean like what happened earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's finish up. It's time I know to stop. I'm watching the clock, Leo. I know exactly how much editing I want to do this week. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's been <laughs> a good episode. Well, I don't know what we're talking about next week, but... It'll be interesting either way. Leah, you got anything else on your mind? Wear your masks. That too. Also, wear your mask. And also, um, because this is coming out right before the election, if you are in America, please vote. Please, please, please vote. We have had a hell of a four years. Please vote. Anyways, um, thank you guys for listening. You can also check me out at my other podcast, World Shop, and then you will be able to check me and leah out soon on um my 
Twitch account, something guess zero zero at twitch.tv, where we are streaming Dragon Age Inquisition because I lost a bet. Anyways, thank y'all for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.